Guys, this is another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Me, Tim College, drinking coffee with coaches I've met in and around the fitness industry. Today's episode is with the co-host. I should start referring to Dave as because he's going to be on more episodes than he's not. It is going to be me and Dave, hopefully once a week, and I'll have a random guest on with myself once a week as well. So there'll be two episodes for you each week. Today's episode is on the vegan diet. Um, and it's dense, guys. It's full of information today. You might want a notepad at the ready if the vegan diet interests you. Uh, we go over it's where it, where there's deficiencies in a vegan diet, what you can do to correct those deficiencies. And loads of information guys so you're going to want a notepad if the, if you're vegan if it's something that you do if it's something that you do and don't think about in i.e you just don't eat animal product this is the episode for you if you do think about it you'll probably still learn stuff dave's a very knowledgeable guy and i try and throw in questions that um that i've been asked by vegan clients over the years so yes Get us in your ears, guys. Enjoy, like, subscribe, share. If you see me on Instagram sharing this post, please reshare it. Say how good and valuable it was. It's all very much appreciated, guys. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Coffee with Coaches. This is episode number 13 with myself, Tim College, as always, and my regular guest and soon-to-become co-host. You'll get used to this guy. It's Dave over in the UK. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing really good there, Tim. How are you today? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. We've uh, had another week of lockdown, obviously, just to, uh, if anyone listens to these in the future, I'm going to keep reminding, you know, keep mentioning that in the episode so that (laughs) when we look back, we'll remember that this time in uh, 2020, we was locked down, but my training's, my training's picked up a little bit this week. I don't know if, uh, I, I think I mentioned it in last week's episode that I had a bit of a, a motivation lull and, uh, and it took a bit of getting over. But this week I've started a, and you'll like this, Dave, a, a, a 10,000 swing challenge by a guy called Dan John, who uh, yes. is a strength coach that we've both looked at in the past, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I really like his stuff actually. So, uh, big fan of his. I um, we'll, we'll talk about your swings, but uh, I once uh, a couple of years ago I bought one of his plants, Mass Made Simple. I don't know yeah. if you came across one. I, rem- I remember him talking about that one. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, it's like six uh, sixteen workouts over six weeks. You is one on, two off, and Tim, the two off you need them. Trust me. Oh, really? One day on, <laughs> two day off. Yes, but it's, it's brutal. And uh, it builds up to a 50 repetition back squats. Oh, wow. And the weights will depend on your current body weight. So for mine, I had to do 50 reps with 85 kilos. And what was that body weight at the time, Dave? My body weight was about uh, 77 kilograms. So what is it? A hundred and a bit percent of your body weight? 110% something like or something? Wow. But it's... Uh, you, are, you know, when, when you're feeling nervous before a session. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the way it was, yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people listening will probably think that one day on, two days off is, uh, is quite, they wouldn't feel like they was training enough to, um, to if, yeah. they, if they heard that. But uh, like, like we both know that, you know, if you go hard enough 
um, you need you need two days off, right? Well, the, the problem I had in the past, uh, especially with uh, you know with big uh, big lifts such as squats and deadlifts, is that now it, it depends on your goal, of course. But if you do want to get stronger nose, and let's say uh, I'm I'm deadlifting and squatting two or three times a week, and in between I'm doing kettlebell circuits and interval training and spin is going to take away from those sessions. So if my goal is to get stronger, I get, I get a rest because if I go into a heavy deadlift and I've done kettlebell workout the day before, a spin, uh, you know, the day before that, I'm going to be yeah. tired, right? Yeah. Just general tiredness is going to, it's, you know, if you listen to all of the strong guys, they'll talk about um, how it's a, as much as it is a skill as a, over just hammering yourself into the ground, you know, um, yeah. Absolutely, Pavel was the same, and a lot of these uh, the strength sort of uh, the five yeah, yeah. the five three one Wendler's five three one. Oh yes, yes. You know that that kind of thing. It's always going to be uh, there's going to be lots of rest in there, and, and making sure that you know you're fresh, ready for your next uh, for your next big day. Um, but then again, uh, you know, I, I did that to, to get a bit of muscle, which I did, and it yeah. was extreme. After six weeks, then I, I go back to doing uh, you know whatever uh, I felt doing. Yeah. And then actually, I did a plan there twice. I ran it twice, and then like a year later, or so I decided to do it again. And <laughs> yeah, oh, that works. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean the the, the swings are um, again. This is quite the opposite of that. This is loads of volume of the same exercise mm-hmm. repeatedly. Obviously, it's a really healthy exercise. So from from that respect, it's not. If you've got good technique with the swing, you probably you kind of can't over overdo it if you're getting recovery, but the first two, I had two days on and then I had to take a day off. So I did uh, 500 on my first day and 700 swings on my second day. And then wow. I needed a day off before I carried on and I broke them down into two fifties. So I did two fifty in a morning. Okay. Um, and then two fifty in a, in an evening, cause I've got the time at the moment and the morning yeah. circuit, the morning session, I did, um, I did a set of, I did a set of 20 swings and then a strength exercise, which is this, this is on Dan John's recommendation. Um, okay. I, so I did 20 swings, um, then pull-ups, uh, a, a, you know, a, um, a TRX body row. And then yeah. I did uh, a set of swings and then push-ups. So obviously not related okay. exercises. I would never set them with, <laughs> I wouldn't set, you know, swings with squats and then swings with lunges or anything like that. Sure. But, sure. Um, and it kind of broke it up from a, mental point of view it made it a nice nice and doable um in my in my uh in my it's it's only actually 12 sets before you have to you know 12 sets of swings and then i did 13 sets in the in the evening 25 sets of 20 that's 500 in a day so it worked out quite well and from a motivation point of view it got me it got me off my arse and got me doing something what about you what you how's your training been this week has it been your standard uh standard sort of stuff you know, it's been really good. Uh, I had a, a bit of a back off week this week in, in terms of a heavy lifting. Um, I've just been there lifting, you know, three times a week and, and you know, I, I felt a little bit tired. So I scheduled in a deload. So today I did split squats, so one leg squats. I did some uh, bench press. I did some uh, rows. And I'll tell you what, Tim, I did some kettlebells, uh, kettlebell front squats. And, uh, you know, I got up to working on 150 kilo back squats in the past. And I can tell you what, 224 kilos front squats yeah. for reps, it still feels so much harder than yeah. any other variation, really. <laughs> yeah, that rack position, that rack position is, uh, um, 
makes everything tough. I, I talked about, talked about it in an Instagram video earlier this week, and I don't know if you notice, and it, I mean, it might be a anecdotal observation, but whenever you see people who train a lot with kettlebells, they seem to have really thick abs. You know, the, the front, the front wall of their abdomen seems really strong and thick looking. Oh man, those squats really work you up. Yeah. I think that's what it's from, right? Is from anything in a, anything in that rack position with the weight offset as it is, you're really having to brace through your core and, um, all, yeah. all, all kettlebell trainers will talk about that intra abdominal tension that you've got to hold when you're doing an exercise, right? I, I like the, the front squats overall as well. I just did it uh, also the other week. As I said, I'm, I'm backing off from the heavy lifts. So I did, uh, as a variation, some uh, barbell front squats uh, the other day. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, even those, I mean, those are hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, really gets you abs as well. The, the, the trouble is with the, bar squat, with the barbell front squats is that it's hard for people to get in that position because of, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable on the wrist. Yeah. It's, it's just hard overall. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Know, front squats. Yeah. Cannibal is a much better option for yeah. most people. I think a lot, a lot of exercises, if anyone's listening, you know, it can be a bit tricky to get used to kettlebells, like having them sat on the wrists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, they're quite joint-friendly um, weights, yeah. you know. They're jo- yeah. Compared to a barbell, definitely, they're more, much more friendly on your oh, shoulders. Oh, much more, much um, more. Yeah. And, yeah, and obviously they're very similar to dumbbells, but there's a few differences. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, so. That's yeah. our training over the last uh, over the last week that we've uh, since we've spoke to each other. But today's episode, we're going to go start this little series of um, of podcasts about different diets, right? So yeah, um, we've both been in the industry long enough to have been on a few nutrition courses. Myself and you've you're mm-hmm. just you're just finishing up a um, a degree or a diploma in uh, uh, holistic. What, what tell me what it is exactly. It's- yeah, no, it's a, deg- it's a degree in uh, nutritional therapy. Nutritional therapy, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, brilliant. So it will be a chance for us to sort of uh, go into a bit more depth on individual diets, and we'll try and cover a diet um, a week for, I think we could, we could safely say it will be 10 episodes, Dave, don't you reckon? Yes, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, we, I might, think we, can, uh, we might have to touch on some slightly crazy diets for 10 episodes, you know, with, uh, <laughs> but, but that's fine because everybody... We don't have to try them all, then we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So today's going to be the vegan diet, which yeah. um, in my experience in the last, it's not something I've ever tried. I'll pref- preface it by saying that. Um, it's something that I've come across. I've probably come across, you know, a handful of clients every year that, um, that are vegan or that want to try a vegan diet. And they come to me either. I'm already training them and they say, Tim, I want to try veganism. Or they yeah. say, um, Tim, or they come to me as a new client. And they say, Tim, I want to work with you. I'm vegan. What can we do? And, I, and, and you know, immediately I start thinking of what their goals are um, and how a, how a vegan diet will relate to that. So yes. um, I'll, I'll go over my couple of clients that spring to mind. One in particular was um, she was, ve- she was vegan for ethical reasons before she came to me. And she started training with me and said, and, and she let me know at the, at, the, at the outset that she was vegan. She told me why she was vegan. So immediately I know that there's no, I'm not going to bend any rules for her. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to start to try and t- t- tweak anything. She, the, you know, she wouldn't wear leather, never mind um, <laughs> try, a, yeah. try a whey protein powder, for example. That's, that's the kind of level of 
a vegan were talking about. And she, yeah. she did really well. She, there was um, a few issues we had um, and a few things that she didn't understand that vegan, uh, vegan diet creates immediately. Like it creates a slightly, makes it slightly trickier to hit protein targets and stuff like that. But once we, once we ironed those out, she was on a pretty healthy diet. I didn't train her for too long, but as I understand, I think she did really well um, on a, a training program alongside a vegan diet. Yeah, good. What? Yeah, you know, my, uh, I mean, I'm a bit like you. I've, I've got experience working with people. I have never done it myself completely. I've done, you know, vegan days, of course. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not, not, uh, not for an extensive period of time. So the, the main things really that we can, uh, that we can talk, to, uh, talk to people about. And first of all, I mean, I, I want to make sure that the, the purpose of this podcast is, uh, uh, is to try to help people. I don't, you know, I'm going to try and give my best advice in case people want to do it. If they, have, uh, you know, if they are doing it, ways that they can improve it. Yeah. And um, so the, the main things really that, that come to mind are deficiencies. So a, a vegan diet, you can do it, and people can perform pretty well on it. But it is, let's admit it, it is hard. It does take planning. Yeah. Okay. And mainly, um, if we talk about the, the main deficiencies that can occur, so for example, uh, omega-3. Okay. So omega-3 fatty acids, those in a, uh, should we say, uh, omnivore diet, you'd get those omega-3s from oily fish, such as mackerel, salmon, sardines, cod liver oil. However, there are also some vegan options, but the problem with those is that they're not well absorbed or converted by the body, from the body, okay? So for example, uh, you'll, you'll often see uh, claims that flaxseed, hemp seed, for example, contain omega-3s, which they do, but not in... Uh, uh, you know, adequate amounts for the body to 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 convert them and to be, uh, you know, utilizing them efficiently. Okay. So for somebody who goes on a vegan diet, the first recommendations that I would make to those uh, individuals is to seek out for some vegan supplements or try to get some some better sources of omega threes that are vegans. So, for example, uh, good sources uh, could be seaweed. Nori, for example. Okay. So those those are natural food sources, and because they are ultimately, um, it's not fish, but they, you know, is is a marine source. They're gonna be naturally high in omega three. Okay. The other the other alternative would be just to go for supplements, and there are vegan supplements out there that you know that contain omega threes as well. And that's a yeah, and 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 obviously vegan, so. There's nothing, there are vegan sources of omega-3s. Uh, like you say, anything that's uh, from the sea, if it's from the sea, so, if it's from the sea and, uh, and vegan, is it safe to say that there's so omega-3s should, in there? Yeah, so let, let, let's go through them again quickly. So the best sources would be, out of food, would be seaweed, algae, so algae, however you, you want to pronounce them. Yep. And then you've got like things like seeds. So like chia seeds, chia seeds, hemp seed, flax seeds. Okay. But the problem with the seeds is absorbed. that they're not. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Right? Cool. okay. Cool. And uh, so is that, would you, would you yeah. say uh, that's your main deficiency cause from a vegan diet? If you're not thinking about it and you just ate 
at Liberton, you know, you did your own thing, but because I think that's one thing that a lot of people, when they yeah. turn vegan, they do is they just go, they look for, they yeah. look for any animal products in a certain food. And if there's no animal pro- products in it, they think, okay, I'm, I'm okay yes. to eat that. So, but what that would lead to ultimately is them not really. It's an, it's an imbalance between omega-6 and omega-3. So, for example, and this is, by the way, it's not only for vegans. I've uh, recently uh, uh, had a new client, uh, training clients, which we also work on nutrition. And she doesn't eat fish. So when I did her diet analysis, which is part of what we do with the nutritional therapy, it was really, really low in omega-3s okay. because all she ate was, was red meat and chicken. Okay. And if you look at our studies also in general, uh, it, it shows that people in the Western, uh, on a Western diet, we tend to have far more omega-6 to omega-3s. And I don't want to make this too, too scientific, but omega-6, you're going to have it more in, in like uh, refined oils, in, in, uh, in grains and uh, meats. And basically what happens is if the balance is too high between omega-6 and omega-3s, it causes inflammation. Okay. And that can lead to so many different problems. Okay, right? this is good stuff, I think, for clients. I'll be loving this. Um, okay, so... Uh, that's one of the deficiencies covered. Uh, what... Yeah, so balancing out the, the, the omega-3 to omega-6 is very, very important. So one way, so just to finish off on this, even, for example, even for you, Tim, let's say that today you eat steak and you, you had bacon and eggs for, you know, for breakfast, so you not had any omega-3, uh, omega so what you need to do is try to balance out with some omega-3. So that it might be some fish oil or it might be a can of sardines. So that is, is the way you want to approach it. So if you're vegan, and you're not eating those marine foods, then you want to take a you know a supplement each day to make sure you meet your recommendations. Okay. Okay. Cool. And what just quickly for because a lot of people listening to this won't be vegan. Uh, for for yep. a meat eater, if they're like you just touched on there, uh, for a meat. Yeah. E- the recommendation. Uh, yeah. The re- recommendation should be uh, around 250 grams of fish twice per week. So if we eat salmon twice per week, you should be able to get your your daily dose or, or five grams of fish oil a day to between two and a half to five grams of fish oil. A cool. Day. All right. That's good stuff. Um, what's that? What's, and what's the other deficiencies we'll go into Dave? So that's, uh, yeah, yeah. go on. I'll, I'll let you lead the way. So mate. the next one would be B12, vitamin B12. Okay. Okay. So B12 is important for nerve function, for blood cells function. It replicates, so it makes new DNA. Um, so it really affects the nervous system. It prevents uh, some types of, uh, of anemias. So it is really, really important. And where, where, and do, we, one of those... where do us um, uh, non, you know, animal, murder, animal murderers, where do we get it from? Yeah, so fish, eggs, meat, poultry, milk liver, yogurt. So those are the main sources of B12. So we're covered. We, we, yeah, you know, if you're eating those foods, I, I think B12 for omnivores is very, very difficult to be deficient. Okay. And by the way, Tim, let, let's touch on this real quick. The body will uh, keep some reserves, okay? So if you've been eating meat the whole of your life, dairy the whole of your life, and then you decide to go vegan, you're not just going to be deficient tomorrow, right? It might take one or two years. Yeah. That is why it's very, very important to, you know, to make sure that you're meeting those recommendations all the time because otherwise you might feel that you thrive initially because what happens is with a lot of people that go onto like a vegan diet, for example, is that they clean their diets, that they stop eating a lot of the refined foods, a lot of the processed foods. 
So of course they're gonna feel a lot better initially. Sure. But then, unless they are taking all of these precautions, after one year, two years, three years, depending on that individual, then they could feel potentially, you know, a lot okay. worse. Okay, I think I've heard of uh, I think I've heard of a few vegans recently that uh, that have done a U-turn on how vegan they actually are, and uh, it sounds like they've uh, maybe suffered with something you just talked about there because they've done three or four years yeah. and then uh, then they start to um, the. The one I'm thinking of, well, in fact, we'll talk about it towards the end after we've gone over these deficiencies, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you can do it. It just takes all this planning. So if you, for example, um, in, in terms of vegan options, then the, you, you can take a methylcobalamin supplements. So M-E-T-H-Y-L-C-O-B-A-L-A-M-I-N supplement. Okay. So that contains the B12. Or the, the other option is to go, for for example, on enriched cereals. So it's always a good option for vegans, vegetarians as well, but vegans especially, is if you have cereals in the morning, uh, go for some that have been enriched with vitamin B12, with calcium, with vitamin D. Okay. okay so that is really, really important. So enriched cereals. And then again, some of the, um, the plant foods we talked about, sorry, the, the marine foods that we talked about before, such as nori, spirulina, chlorella, and, and also nutritional yeast. Those are going to be all uh, really good sources of vitamin B12. Great stuff. Cool. Cool. So that's a two. Have we got any others? We got two. We're going to go next on vitamin D. So the sunshine vitamin, which there's plenty of where you are living. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you get that from the sun. So vitamin D is known as the sunshine vitamin. So we get that from uh, sun exposure. But a lot of people, Tim, unfortunately, are vitamin D deficient. They don't spend enough time in the sun. It, when they do, they, they put a little sunscreen lotion, like, like, you know, like protecting themselves. And, um, yeah. I mean, I love the sun, right? So whenever, you know, any opportunity I get, I go up in Italy by the beach. So I just, you know, love the sun. I'll tell you, I, actually, I'm always Dave, out in the sun, just, right? Um, but, you um, mentioned uh, being out here in the sun. It's, uh, it's, it's hot. But for, those, you know, uh, for anyone that's made yes. today's podcast and doesn't know where I am, I'm in the Middle East. And there's actually a big vitamin D deficiency problem amongst locals because of the... For sure. The dress, the uh, obviously the clothing, the clothing is a the fully clothing, yes. is a fully Absolutely. covered garment in both the men and the women, um, which uh, results in yes. less sun exposure. And even myself, when th- throughout the summer it's yes. too hot to go outside, and everything I do, I yes. might get exposed to, you know, five minutes of sun a day between my car and the gym, but that's literally it. So it's uh, although yeah, yeah or, and and one other question, yeah. Dave. It, what about, um, is there a yeah. difference between uh, sunlight for taking your vitamin D from sunlight and orally supplementing vitamin D? I mean, you know, the, the thing is with, with, with the sunlight, then again, we're not talking, uh, we're not telling people no. to go out and get burned, right? If, if you're in a, in a warm country, hot country, should I say like you, where you are now, uh, I, I wouldn't go, you know, 12, one o'clock, uh, in the afternoon to get some sun, but, but you can do that after 4 or 5 p.m. And even just like 15 minutes, right? A bit on your arms, a bit on your legs should, should be sufficient. If you're like now in the UK where I am, uh, half an hour, you know, 20 minutes, it depends on your, on your skin tone. 
So if you're quite dark skinned, then you probably need a little bit longer yeah. than somebody who's who's more pale. So if you're somebody who's pale, then you know five, 10, 15 minutes might be sufficient. If you're more like Mediterranean looking, you probably yeah, need okay. you know cool. half an hour, right? But um, you know the, the reason in a way that uh, you, you need vitamin D. Vitamin D is is uh, you know really really important for immune function for mood, for memory, for muscle recovery. So if you get enough, um, enough uh, exposure in the sun, you should be uh, getting enough uh, vitamin D. And in terms of diets, you get it from fish, you get it from eggs, you get it from, um, uh, yeah, fish and, you know, I would say fish and eggs. So dairy products are probably going to be your best bet. So if you are... Um, following a vegan, a vegan diet, then again, you could opt for some vitamin D enriched foods, like I said earlier. So like cereals are always going to be a good, uh, a good option. And uh, otherwise getting a supplement. And when you go for a supplement, you want to get uh, a vitamin D3 cholecyphoral, which is going to be absorbed. The problem is with some of the vegan supplements, they only offer like a vitamin D2 and that is not readily available. So you mean it's not, it's not gonna be absorbed by in the same way? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's that's the problem. Yes. Would yeah. you recommend that um, really. like, again as uh, meat eaters, would would we would we benefit from supplementing or are we covered by um, a few eggs in a in a week and uh, and having enough sunlight? So that, you know, that also studies show that if you get enough sun in the summer, it sh- that that could also s- serve you as a okay. reserve, you know, for the winter. But uh, as you know, in the UK, uh, in the winter, so northern latitudes, from October to to late March, really, even if there is sun, that sun is not strong enough to provide any vitamin D. So I do supplements. I'm gonna be honest with you. I do I do take a, that's probably one of the only supplements I do take is vitamin D3 in the winter and I give it to my wife yep. and I give it to my children. And um, so, yeah, if you don't get enough sun, if you don't, you know, live in, in, in a country where there's enough sun, I would definitely uh, opt for some vitamin D3 uh, cool, supplementation. Cool. So that's three. What, what else have we got, mate? Anything else on the... Uh... Yeah, we've got another important one for the vegans, okay, really, cool. is iron. Iron is used to uh, to make uh, red blood cells and re- replicate DNA. Uh, then again, really, really important for energy. So, if you're one of your listeners that exercises a lot, you, you definitely need a you know adequate iron intake. And again, iron. Uh, so let's touch on this real quick because there can be a little bit of a misconception because some people, for example, say, "Well, you know, I yep. eat plenty of spinach, right?" And everybody knows spinach is is high in, in iron. And it, it is true. So cruciferous vegetables, kale, spinach, uh, you know, broccoli, uh, chard, are all uh, good sources of iron. The problem is, is that they contain non-heme iron. Instead, meats, so meats, red meats, um, but also like poultry, but red meats especially, contains what is called heme iron. And heme iron is a lot more readily absorbed by the body. So if you look at studies, it shows that, uh, and then again, this is very much on individualities, but 
um, iron from meat, they say you can absorb between 10 to 20% on average, where uh, non-heme iron from vegetables, you right. only absorb about 2%. So as you can see, okay, it's, cool. it's a massive difference. So if you, for example, if you are just looked at, looked at some stats earlier on on PubMed, so if you are um, just eating vegetables for iron, then you need to eat the equivalent, equivalent of almost two times the RDA, right? So there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. lot of cabbage there and, and the things that have to be eaten. And the problem is that, is that how can you eat all the food? Can you digest all the food, which is an, an, another issue all on its own? So basically what we're saying to people here with, with, with the iron is that if you opt for a vegan diet, look for enriched foods. Then again, your cereals, uh, some of the... Uh, some of the, the what milks? milks Dave, just say that enriched. again, sorry. Some of the nut milks. Oh, okay. Some of the nuts, okay. nut milks, like, like, yeah, yep. like almond milk, things like that. And otherwise, just go for a iron supplement. Now, for example, my, my wife who does eat meat, um, I, I buy a liver once a week because uh, liver, then again, is really, really high in iron. Uh, she gets really heavy periods. So she is iron deficient. We had to test okay. it because she was really low in energy. And although she eats meat, right, she was iron deficient. So if you're one of those people, especially if you're women during, uh, you know, premenopausal, then looking at, at your iron status, making sure you eat enough iron. Okay, that's, maybe cool, that's, that's interesting because one of the things I was going to bring up on these deficiencies was what, what might be uh, the symptoms yeah. of a lack of these. I don't want to put, I don't want to put you on the spot. I know you've done a, mm. a bit of research leading up to this podcast, but um, for example, if somebody is deficient in, uh, let's go to one of the previous ones, like B12, let's say, what would be, I mean, you mentioned there, it gives us um, the ability to c- create DNA. You said um, we get. Um... Yeah. It's a bit of a different model would be 12 because th- there are some studies there, Tim, and I don't want to scare people, but for example, some of the symptoms they can resemble almost like MS. People can be. Yeah really fatigue, almost like having cognitive uh, uh, difficulties, even like move, movement. So uh, it can be very, very, almost like debilitating. Uh, I'm not going to be that. And that, that that's, yes, you're, you're like mentioning that. B12 there. That's a B12 deficiency. Okay. What, what about our, um, yes, absolutely. our previous, uh, our, our other ones that we've, uh, that we've gone over? Yeah, omega-3. What would be a, omega-3? a, a, a good, a good uh, indicator maybe that you are, um, that you have that imbalance or that you're just deficient in deficient? <laughs> you know, a lot of things, because like I said, ah. it's down to inflammation. So if you're having a lot of more omega-3, that will then increase inflammation. So Tim, it can be many things. It can be like, almost like rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. It can be acne, joint, you know, it can be compromised immune function. Okay, I thought yeah. it was just worth going over the, you know, the symptoms that people might feel if they was to yeah. uh, try going into a vegan diet or if they're, or, or even yeah. if they are vegan and maybe they're feeling a few of these things, it might be, it might be a quick fix for some yeah. people, you know, they might be, they might be vegans listening to this yeah. that have noticed that we've mentioned something that they're suffering from and they've got checked that they're, check their, uh, Amiga balances or their B12, and it, it, it's, I'd imagine, just sorting yeah. that out would make quite an impact quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the last two, really, real quick, um, um, 
then again, sorry, just to finish off on, on the on the iron, other good sources for, for vegans would be beans, dried fruits is a good source, so nuts. Um, so those are all good okay. sources of iron as well. The other two really, just real quick, it could be calcium. Uh, calcium, then again, you know, is, is very, very important for, for the bones. And that can be interlinked with vitamin D, okay? Because one of the main roles of vitamin D is to absorb calcium in the bones. So some people, if you're not going to have adequate vitamin D levels, then what happens is you could actually have uh, less calcium absorption where is required in the bones and more actually in, in the blood, which is not as, as healthy as you know, it could you know, lead, lead to sure. uh, long-term sure, sure, complications, sure. right? So um, bok choy, mustard greens, then again, some of, the, you know, some of, some of those cruciferous vegetables as well uh, are good sources of, of, uh, of calcium. Instead, for omnivores, the best source of calcium, do you know what it is in my opinion, Tim? I would say sardines, sardines with the bones. Right. So if you eat fish with the bones, those is those are much better than the right? meal. I get through a bit of mackerel. I get through right? a bit of mackerel, but I don't do any sardines. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the bones, the bones, Tim. Right. You can't eat mackerel bones because th- th- those would be hard to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be advising people to eat those big bones, right? So sardines with the bones, if you can, if you can digest them, guys. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, you know. Then again, I don't want to make uh, make it too controversial because there are studies that claim, for example, that having too much dairy can actually be counterproductive. I read a study a long time ago now. It was a nurses' study with it, like with thousands of nurses, and it showed the nurses that drank more milk actually were higher risk of hip fractures than the nurses that only drank uh, oh, wow. two glasses of milk a week. I think it was. Because you said hip fractures. It's hip fracture with pH. There, yeah? Yeah, it was it was a nurse studies. Yeah, it was a quite, quite large study. But the, the, the problem with with too much dairy consumption in terms of milk, for instance, it can be that it can actually dysregulate okay. the uh, pH balance, and then the body actually leaches out some of your own pH from the bones to, okay. to regulate oh, wow. the the blood's pH. So that 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 is that that is some discussion that some people that are pro you know or against, uh, for example, dairy could, would make. But anyway, let's stay yeah, on, uh, on, on the vegan one for now. Um, so, so then again, enriched cereals are going to be a, a good option. Okay, guys. So making sure you, you get you get your supplements so that you can do like a, a, a vegan multi-supplements or enriched foods that should cover that. And then finally, we got zinc. Zinc, uh, again, very, very important for the cells, for the, for, for the immune system. And it's found mainly in meat, shellfish, eggs, dairy. But it can also be found in legumes such as chickpeas, lentils, beans, seeds. Okay, nuts so th- then, uh, yeah, okay, so they're good. Dip. I mean, a vegan that's uh, that's maybe making some home cooked dishes there's not gonna not gonna miss out, are they? They're, every every vegan I know is always banging on about a uh, you know a, chi- a, di- a dish with <laughs> chickpeas in it or a dish with lentils in it. So they they'd be okay, yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's good sure, stuff. So. Sure. So yeah. what have we got there? Five yeah. did we just cover? I think we, we are the main ones. <laughs> We're almost yeah, no, on 40 going. minutes already. Um, I think, uh, what, uh, yeah. Yeah. So because 
it's not the reason we know and and i don't i don't think many people go into veganism for health benefits i think most people who i know especially come to me i live in a part of the world where we've got a lot of uh i don't know a lot of people who travel and you know they're, they're maybe a little bit more hippie-ish <laughs> um and we get uh we get a lot of people who are in it for yeah. ethical reasons now if somebody goes into veganism, and I think it doesn't happen so much now, but a few years ago when it was, um, I'd say it was quite trendy and quite popular to become vegan, um, I think people, a lot of people were jumping into it without too much thought process from a health point of view. Um, and I noticed that some people would go into veganism and lose a lot of weight without, without trying. It wouldn't necessarily be their aim, but it had happened. And then I noticed other people go into veganism and maybe not lose the weight that they thought they would lose by going vegan. What would you say, bear in mind, the majority of my clients come to me for weight loss, and I'm sure you get a lot of that too. What would be your tips for someone who's vegan and wanting to lose weight or someone who's going vegan expecting to lose weight from it? Well, I think it's, it's very much down to that individuality again of that individual metabolism if you're somebody who doesn't metabolize carbohydrates all that well bear in mind that a lot of the protein sources as well of you know vegan protein sources yeah. are also going to be high in carbohydrates so if you're eating a lot of legumes and you're also doing you know a lot of pasta because what what happens is for with a lot of people they start to substitute meats and, and fish with you know pasta more rice more beans and for some people, that can be counterproductive in a way that it could actually cause some problems with the insulin regulation. So they can actually start to, uh, sugar levels can go higher than, than ideally, than the ideal ranges, and that can then start to convert into fats. Okay, 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 cool. You know so, I mean? uh, and so you, if somebody come to you and said, all right, I'm going to go vegan too, specifically to lose weight, Dave, what would your advice to that be? Because I've had that in the, in the last year, actually. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I will look at the, you know, I was try to look at the that that individual metabolism. So uh, then again, looking at what type of exercise they're doing. So I would manipulate the carbohydrate intake according to that, making sure that they eat enough um, enough protein as well. So including things like uh, tofu. Tofu is a good one, and um, that is like the Japanese. Um, it's, yeah. it's like an yeah. Asian dairy, so yeah, I don't know yeah. if, you, if you've yeah. had it before. Yeah, yeah. So making sure they have enough enough protein in the diet, really. And so for weight loss, managing the carbohydrates. So don't do too much pasta. Don't start doing a lot of bread and cereals because for a lot of people... Yeah, I think we, like we touched on last sure. week, the nutrient density of a diet is pretty vital to whether you end up over-consuming calories or not, right? So... Um, it's uh, although Absolutely. a good vegan diet can actually, I'd imagine, um, end up being very dense in, nutri in, in, you know, in micronutrients. If, if you're eating, um, a couple of salads a day, maybe, uh, like we said, a lot of legumes and stuff in there. Well, that's the, uh, that's the other discussion team. I mean, if you are now, I've got a friend who's vegan and they have a, uh, a vegan restaurant as well. So the husband is a chef 
and they cook amazing meals. So she does it properly. She eats all home-cooked food. She takes the supplements. She's been doing it for a long time, and yeah. she feels really, really good on it. However, if you, you can do a vegan diet, yeah. and all you have is yeah. crisps, yeah. white pasta, and beer, yeah, we could, those are we could, all vegan foods, but you're not going to be... <laughs> those vegan, right? I think that's quite possible to do. Um, and, and, and as exactly. we both know and exactly. discussed so, last yeah. week, that quite simply, a, um, a weight loss point of view, we need to be consuming fewer calories than we expend, right? Which is going to come down to hitting, um, hitting a calorie deficit on a, on a sustainable basis, which if you aren't a fay, if you aren't smart about your diet, whether it be vegan or whatever it might be, um, you, can end up in, you can end up wanting to overconsume quite easily, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, unfortunately, as I said, I'm Italian. I love right. pasta, but I, my body doesn't deal well with pasta, Tim. So I'm going to be super careful how much pasta we eat because I gain weight really quickly eating pasta. So for me, I've got a metabolism, metabolism sorry, that I, I deal better with a bit of a okay, higher protein. Cool. I actually, myself, when I, uh, although people who listen to me a lot will know that I, constantly advocate a calorie deficit is essentially a calorie deficit you know we we know that if somebody is um doing a diet and they're not losing weight that they're probably there's some calories sneaking in there that are um that are the problem much more likely that than uh you know than than any other sort of crazy reasons that people come to you with for um for, for them not losing weight but I myself, I, I go to, I go to quite a low carbohydrate yeah, diet when yeah. I'm after losing weight, and quite simply, I make it as I make it as easy for myself as possible by just putting carbs in only twice a day. Now, I put it in, I put them in after a workout, and I put them in in an evening for two reasons. One, um, they make me quite sleepy, so putting them in in an evening, um, I feel like I, I sleep quite well on that if I do that. Yeah. And putting putting them after a workout, obviously, for recover yeah. for recovery, and they'll be absorbed quite well at the end yeah. of a workout, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're talking about you know strategies there, nutrient partitioning, which is very very um, effective. And also, I do. I'm like yeah. you. I do need to have some carbs in the evening to go to sleep because otherwise, I would find it hard. But what we can do for we your could. listeners I'll, is I'll maybe just, we can uh, we can address the, the reason low carb. I put week. that in there. I know that you went you went straight to the sort of the sciency uh, answer to why I might do that. And and honestly, it is the reason I started uh, putting in carbs in only at two points of my day was um, the the sort of carb loading carb yeah nutrient partitioning uh, sort of. Um, theories there around diet but essentially when I've done that with clients and they've had results before it's not necessarily and you can tell me what what sort of uh, what what you've noticed from giving clients these kind of diets before but I know the reason that when I've done that with clients before it's because it doesn't just put carbs in at times of day when I think they're useful it actually also takes carbs out of other parts of their day and it's not just taking carbs out, but it's taking calories out. So if I take somebody, if I put somebody onto a diet where they're only taking, consuming carbs after a workout and in an evening, I know now 
that they're not having a croissant for breakfast. Yeah, you know that, that is true. And then again, I I, I would uh, I would put my carbs in according to my expenditures, my activities. So if if it's a day when I'm doing a lot of exercise, I might you know eat more carbohydrates in a day than I'm going to be mostly sedentary. The problem is, and we can address this uh, maybe next week if you want, is on a low carb diet. It's like a vegan diet as well. On the long term, if you don't if you don't do it properly, it could lead to problems because you might be lacking fiber. For, you know, for some people, especially women, it could compromise the thyroid function. So why, why is it can be great okay, for some cool. people? Cool. It might not good information, be mate. Is there anything else you want to add on to the vegan, the vegan diet episode? No, you know, just make sure that in like any diet, you eat real foods, don't just go, uh, you know, uh, buy a lot of, you know, processed foods because nowadays unfortunately it's like you know whenever there's there's something new new trends uh is you know mcdonald's kfc you know they're making all these vegan meals which i've not tried any but I'm, I, you know uh they don't tempt me so make sure you eat uh you know home cooked uh, food whenever possible buy free range organic whenever possible and just try to be mindful of uh meeting the RDA, so making sure you have enough vitamin D, making sure you have enough vitamin A, and every, and everything vitamin that we B12, covered, right? iron, zinc, enough protein. Awesome. Omega-3s, I've said at the end yes. of last week's episode, which I'll always do, is um, if you want any more information on, on uh, nutrition or training, uh, check out Dave's Instagram and YouTube accounts. Um, go on, Dave, just tell us what they are. I'll put them in the show notes. I'll put them in the notes on the podcast, but tell us what they are as well. Yeah. I've only, I've only just started them. Uh, I'm should be graduating, hopefully graduating with a nutrition degree, uh, in August. So ready to practice in October. So I don't really have much on, on that yet because I'm not really, uh, I'm not really ready for that. But I've got some exercise videos on my YouTube channel. So David, D-A-V-I-D, Menzano, M-E-N-Z-A-N-O. Cool. And they're just... Absolutely brilliant, mate. Well, we'll uh, we'll get another episode ready for everyone to have a listen to for next week. And um, you stay on the line, as always. But for now, guys, that's me, Tim College, and Dave Menzano. You've been listening to Coffee with Coaches, and we're out for today. See you later, Dave.